BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Live from Liverpool, the Dark Paranormal, Season 5. Hi everyone and welcome back to the Dark Paranormal. First, I'd like to thank each and every one of you who reached out after last week's episode, An Unholy Haunting. It appears it's been one of those episodes that resonates with an awful lot of you. And I apologise for the three people who wrote in to say they had nightmares following the episode. Hopefully they've abated somewhat. We're ploughing through season five, and after this episode, we only have three episodes left. And to remind you all, season six, we revert back to more famous true paranormal experiences. Because, as you know by now, we try and keep things fresh season on season. Therefore, I am now collecting suggestions for season six. If there's a famous true paranormal experience that you're aware of that you'd like us to cover on The Dark Paranormal, just drop us an email. Thedarkparanormal at hotmail.com But what have we got in store for you today? Well, we have a true listener paranormal experience the likes of which I've never heard. But if you're a believer in the power of nature and nature spirits, be they benign or malevolent, then you may want to stick around. First, I'd like to address the elephant in the room. Yes, adverts are now on the show. I've recently left full-time work in order to commit myself full-time to podcasting and adverts assist in that goal. I, as a podcast listener, fully understand that adverts can seem disruptive within a show, so I'll endeavour to place them at points in the story which are not too intrusive. But there does need to be a balance between me providing these shows for free and also trying to live, so therefore that's where adverts come in. So I hope you understand the decision. However, for less than the cost of a cup of coffee each month, you can get ad-free shows over on our Patreon feed. Not only will you get those ad-free shows, you can also get an extra show each and every week called Dark Bites, solely for our Patreons. The show runs every week, even on the downtime between seasons of The Dark Paranormal, and our paranormal team over at Patreon seem to really like it. And we'd like to invite you to join that paranormal team. So, if you like the show, you'd like to see it continue, 
and you want to get some extra content, head over to patreon.com forward slash the dark paranormal. Just like these wonderful new team members. Becky Wade, Leah Teresa, Claire Eastwood, Michelle Curtis, Nick Hoffman, Matika Salazar, Shelby Chris, Darylin Youngchief, Hannah Lauren, Ben Waters, Barb Hunt, Jocelyn Thomas, Andy R, Debbie Stewart, Roger, Pete S, Adebay Charm, Deb Good and Joy Nowin. Thank you so much guys and I hope you enjoy hanging out over there and all the extra content. But right now, we're about to hear a true paranormal experience that left one of our listeners questioning everything they know. So, lower the lights, make yourself comfortable, leave your disbelief at the door, and join me as we hear about something very old and very evil. My wife, Emily, and I had always fancied visiting the Black Forest. We're both originally from the UK, and indeed, that's now where we live. But at this point in our lives, when the story takes place, we were actually living in Germany, where I worked for many years before retiring back home. We would love nothing more than losing ourselves in nature, rivers, streams, solitude. It's all our idea of heaven. So what better place to spend my 50th birthday than the idyllic Black Forest? Little did we know that our idea of heaven would quickly become our actual hell. I had to act surprised when I opened the tickets from Emily. I kind of knew where we were going. We'd basically organised a whole trip together, ensuring we could both get the same time off work. It's hard trying to spring a surprise holiday on someone when you're both in full-time work. There needs to be a few clues given to set the wheels in motion. And so, putting a very easy two and two together, I worked out long before this day that she'd arranged a long weekend to the Black Forest. I still did act surprised, of course, and there was a genuine aspect of surprise too, as I had no idea where we were going to be staying. So I was elated when I read through the printout that she'd put behind the tickets in the card. This was a get-away-from-it-all, in the truest sense of the word. Apparently, we would be taking a three-mile walk from the car park, through deeply forested terrain, to get to the isolated cabin. Of course, when I say cabin, I mean a relatively newly built wooden lodge, like a giant triangle shape, fitted out with all mod cons, a cinema-sized TV, a hot tub on the back, all the things we now associate with a standard secluded cabin retreat, but then was a little bit more of a surprise. And although I'm a lover of the outdoors, this merging of creature comforts and the great outdoors suits me to the ground. There's no better way to ease the aches and pains of a romp through nature than sinking into an open-air hot tub. We left just after midday on a Friday for the three-hour drive down to the location our golden Labrador Archie, joining us for the adventure. So, said Emily, flicking through a brochure, when we arrive at the car park, there's a map, which shows the route through the forest to the cabin. She looked at me and smiled. Are you excited? Oh, yes, I said. And I was. That said, 
I can be a slightly anxious person, and the idea of having to walk through an unfamiliar forest to find the place you were sleeping was slightly triggering. Only very slightly, mind you, but still there. My anxiety, as usual, was unfounded, and when we arrived at the car park, it was actually a very touristy area. The map for R and many other cabins and lodges were dotted around several wooden notice boards. There were guides with clipboards ready to dispense information as and when required. Yes, there was no need for any panicking at all. Just yet. As you would expect, well, it's exactly what you pay for, I suppose. But the path becomes less populated as you walk, and soon the path itself is barely recognisable as a path. There was a short section where my anxiety peaked, when every direction looked exactly the same. But then, over here, said Emily. I walked over and she pointed to the crest of the triangular cabin, peering through the trees. Archie barked and ran ahead, and I calmed myself as the cabin came into view. It was truly impressive. God knows what it cost to build, but it was obviously built to a high specification. Archie ran round the back of the cabin, and I followed him, wanting to get a view of the hot tub and a view of the expanse that we'd seen in the brochure. And wow, it was not disappointing. The sides of the garden, well, field really, was lined with forest. However, the back sloped down to give a view of the forest below. I didn't realise just how high we were in respect to the rest of the area. Archie headed off to the right-hand side far corner and was clawing and digging at something. He would occasionally stop and lay in an attack position, growling. I'd seen him do this with mice before, so I assumed he'd trapped some petrified rodent. I walked over. Archie, come on, I said, slapping my leg. But he was too fixated with this area. His scratching had uncovered a piece of worn wood. I leant down and investigated further, giving it a pull. It was a small wooden cross. Not a crucifix, a perfect cross, like the letter X. It seemed to have initials carved in it, or some word that I couldn't make out. I say carved, but more like scraped. Not very clear, like it was done with a stone or similar. After taking a look, I dropped it back where it was and covered it with some mud from my boot. And that's when I first saw the hut. As I went to turn back, just through the deep forest to the right, I saw this perfectly straight line. Something that stands out in a wood full of natural chaos. I knew it was a wall. Heading into the trees, it became clear that it was the left side of a very old, very dilapidated and overgrown, single-storey hut. The front door propped up next to where it should hang, and everything covered in moss. I walked a bit closer and looked through in one of the long, broken windows. It was such a tiny hut, and nature was doing its best to swallow the thing whole. On the wall there seemed to be some writing, 
nothing legible but seemingly scrawled by the same hand which carved the cross. I got the sense someone, or something, was watching me. Was it the fact the sun was now setting and I was stood in front of an atypical spooky cabin in the woods? No, it was more than that. A kind of static. The air felt charged. Archie hadn't joined me past the edge of the field and now began whimpering from the perimeter. This was enough for me to call this little exploration to an end and I made my way back out to the field. Composing myself, I walked back around to the front door, Archie gladly joining me and wagging his tail as he went. Look at this place, said Emily, arms outstretched. I know, I agreed with a smile. It's unreal. Hey, me and Archie just found a spooky abandoned cabin down there to the right, I said, heading to the back patio and pointing. It's really eerie. Woo, replied Emily. You'll have to show me later. I nodded and went back to unpacking and having a proper tour of the place. The view from the top bedroom overlooked the back garden, and with the added height, it would clearly be one hell of a view to wake up to each morning. The evening was starting to set in, so we lit the log fire and some candles. Picturesque doesn't do the scene justice. It was perfect. After dinner, I stood outside by the hot tub to have a smoke. The moon was crescented and illuminated the roof of trees as they sloped down. Suddenly, I felt immediately uneasy, and the thought of the abandoned cabin just off to my right ran through my mind. I took a side glance to the trees it sat behind, when something caught my eye, even further to my right in my periphery. I froze. At a 45-degree angle from behind one of the trees, two red eyes slowly peered out, as if from a tilted head. However, I was stood on a veranda, and those eyes were level with mine, making this thing at least seven foot tall, if it was stood on the ground. The eyes moved slowly back behind the tree. I swallowed hard, standing still and staring for it to reappear. I attempted to force rationality to the forefront of my mind. An animal, surely. Its eyes reflecting the light from the moon. Yes, that had to be it. I finished my cigarette and went inside. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. That evening, I just couldn't sleep. Every sound seemed both amplified and terrifying. I knew I'd let these random, unconnected events get into my head, and I was rather cross with myself for doing so. Eventually, I must have dropped off, though, and at least caught a few hours. At breakfast, Emily said, I had an awful night's sleep last night. Really? I replied. Yeah, it was so weird. I kept falling back into the same dream where I was being buried alive. And just as I thought I was about to die, I'd wake up. Oh dear, I said. Sounds awful. Now, I'm not psychic, and I don't claim to be, and I'm not even convinced it's possible. However, during my restless night, my mind had toyed with the idea that the wooden cross may have, may have, marked a grave. Clearly just coincidental to Emily's dream, of course. Hopefully. But either way, I wasn't going to be digging up the field to find out. But it was an eerie coincidence. That day we headed out on a beautiful walk. We stumbled upon a lake surrounded by little creeks and streams, and the birds were out in force. The air was as fresh as you could find anywhere. We got back to the cabin around 6pm and decided we'd earned a few hours in the hot tub. Emily went up to get ready and I went outside to set it up. Archie followed me and immediately started barking at the field ahead. Looking out, something stood out like a sore thumb on the immaculately trimmed grass. The wooden cross. I walked over to it, all the while Archie barking in the background. Shush, Archie, I shouted. I picked it up and stared at the markings. I headed over to where the thing had first been found, but for the life of me I couldn't find any undisturbed grass. Putting it down to Archie maybe digging it up and playing with it, and also being determined to not let it get in my head again, I threw it like a frisbee into the trees, dusted off my hands and headed back to the veranda. An hour later, and the sun had set, and myself and Emily were deep in the hot tub experience, eagerly pouring our second glass of wine. We began talking about our retirement, and how we ideally wanted to go back to the UK to do so. I do love it here, Emily began, but I miss the UK. I know the weather's awful, the food is terrible, and the... Something screamed out across the forest. An awful, blood-curdling shriek. It seemed to come from all around us. If it were an animal, it was a large animal in intense anger or pain. Or both. Then there was a rustle from the trees to our right. I reached over and turned the jets off the hot tub. And we sat there in total silence. A noise came from just past the tree line. Emily gasped in fear. Come on, let's go in, 
I said, nodding towards the house. I don't want to find out what that is, I said, forcing a smile. So we both hurriedly made our way inside and slid the patio door shut. Emily laughed it off. Look at us running away from some birds or something, and poured herself another wine. I just laughed, but I stayed at the patio, looking out. Turn those lights out one minute, just so I can get a better look outside, I asked Emily, and she turned off the living room lights, leaving the patio area in darkness. It was a cloudy night, and the only light coming through into the house was behind us, from the decorative light on the outside path, shining in through the front door window. We both looked out into the darkness. Emily stood just in front of me, and my arms wrapped around her shoulders, facing outwards. I don't know what I expected to see, but part of me wanted to see the red eyes again, just so Emily's rational mind could see them too, and she could tell me just what it was. And then, I saw it. The thing that to this day, I can't shake from my thoughts of a night. Something I still can't rationalise. Something that shouldn't exist. The light which shone through the front door window gave a reflection on the patio glass. And something within the changing of that light caused me to focus in. And there, in that reflection, was a silhouetted outline of an exceptionally tall man. A man with antlers on either side of his head. I froze. I didn't even breathe. It was watching us from behind. It was inside the house. It tilted its head as a dog would when confused. It had a feeling of enormity to it, like it could rip us to pieces. And then, Emily whispered, Can you see that in the reflection? Thank God, she could see it too. Yes, I whispered back. And we both watched, completely still, as it walked off to the right where the stairs were. I can't believe this thing was real. Suddenly, and completely out of character for her, Emily leapt forward and switched on the main downstairs lights. Oi, she shouted. We've just seen you, and we're phoning the police, so get out now. I was taken aback by this move, and found myself walking slowly towards the foot of the stairs, in some act of enforced bravado. Emily walked slowly behind me. Do you hear me? she shouted. We know you're upstairs. You should get outside, I whispered back to her. I was terrified, but I wanted her somewhere safe. No, she snapped back. Disturbed by all the commotion, Archie came out into the hallway and immediately started growling and looking up the stairs. Should I go up? I whispered to Emily. Just as she was about to reply, We heard a noise that sounded like someone had put weight on the very top step. We fell into a silence. Archie began whimpering and backed out of the hall. Whatever bravado we had left seemingly disappeared with the dog. I glanced at Emily. I think we should just... 
Something began bolting down the stairs at top speed, but there was no one to be seen. The noise was so intense that I grabbed Emily and moved us both out of the way of its apparent route. It stopped right in front of us. And once again, just like I'd felt the first time in front of that abandoned cabin, a static electricity filled the room. Something hit the patio door window, snapping us out of our trance. Emily ran over to look and slid the door open. This just hit the window, she said, shutting the door and turning round to reveal the wooden cross that I threw in the woods earlier. I didn't know what to say, I just stared at her. Three earth-shattering booms came from upstairs, literally rocking the structure as we stood there. Emily was a rational scientific person, but faced with this, I was unsurprised when she said, Something very old and very evil doesn't want us here. We need to go. However, I pointed out that there was a three-mile hike to consider, one which we would be foolish to do in the middle of the night, especially with zero moonlight, and so we agreed we would spend the night in the living room and leave at first light. As we had no sheets, we kept the fire lit to keep us warm for the night. There was no way on earth I was getting any sleep that night. My eyes kept flitting around the room for signs of movement. We'd boarded off the door to the hallway with a dining room chair to give us one less entry point to be concerned about, and the kitchen spread out from the living room so we had access at least to water. Emily took the couch and managed to get some sleep even after all of this. She reached forward to turn a light off and I didn't stop her. One of us should at least get some sleep, and I still had the light from the fire. I don't know how long passed, but Emily was well away. I could tell by her slow breathing and the deep rise and fall of her chest that she was out for the count. Her rhythmic breathing managed to finally make me feel somewhat sleepy as I sat slumped in an armchair opposite. But then she stopped, sat up, and walked slowly into the kitchen. I didn't move so as not to wake her any further, and just watched as she poured a glass of water from the filter jug, and then head back over to the couch, take a sip, and put her head back down. Within seconds she was out like a light again. Archie was in the kitchen. I turned to where he was growling, and could see the filter jug which Emily had just used, floating actually floating in mid-air, in the centre of the kitchen. It slowly moved left and right. Archie kept growling and following it with his eyes. It was as if it was playing with the dog. I stared intently, gobsmacked at this unreal image before me. Now, everything happened in an instant. I must state just how silent it was in that house how every move was amplified, how I could hear Emily's breathing loudly earlier. But I didn't hear a single sound from her when she moved from lying down to now sitting up on the couch. It was as if it happened in an instant. The only reason I even looked over to her and away from this floating jug was the blinking red colour I could see in my periphery. As I looked over, 
Emily's eyes were red, identical to the ones I'd seen in the trees. My breath caught in my chest, and then her head tilted to the side. The jug had been thrown to the floor. I scrambled over to turn on the main lights. Emily was still sat there looking at me, but now looking as if she'd just woken up, confused. Archie was under the kitchen table, whimpering. "'What's going on?' asked Emily. "'A a jug's smashed, that's all.' I was replaying all of this instantly in my head. Were her eyes red? Or was it just a reflection from the fire? Was the jug floating? Or was it my eyes in the utter darkness, and had Archie just knocked it off the unit and was now cowering because he'd been a bad boy?' No, this place was dark. It was evil. It had a power all of its own, and one that was visceral and targeted. We stayed awake after this. We put all the lights back on and we drank coffee until the sun came up, and the light was finally good enough for us to pack a bag and leave. There are no answers in my experience, and that's what annoys me and terrifies me about it. There's no closure. I still see that silhouette each and every night before I go to sleep. It's burnt into my memory. I have no idea what it was, or what or if the abandoned cabin has anything to do with it. But I do completely agree with my late wife Emily's description of what we encountered. It was something very old and very evil. Wow, what a truly terrifying experience for that listener. Of course, on this show, we solely deal with alleged true paranormal phenomena. But I must confess, the one thing that really and truly terrifies me is the idea of nature spirits of some sort of entity that's been there since time began. Imagine the power that sort of entity could hold, and if today's experience is anything to go by, the absolute terror that it can unleash as and when it chooses to. When I first read that story, I, like I'm sure most of you, assumed we were going to be heading down an abandoned hut in the woods type of story. Little did I know that the story would feature this antlered man. The silhouette, as described by the writer of that story, is something I think that's going to stick in my head too. But hopefully, not every night before I fall asleep. Well, I'd like to thank you once again for choosing to spend your time here with me, looking at these terrifying tales from our listeners. As I mentioned at the start, we're soon to revert back to famous stories So if there's an experience that you've always wanted to hear on The Dark Paranormal, email me at thedarkparanormal at hotmail.com. But until next time, remember, whenever you're discussing the paranormal, try and always leave your disbelief at the door. And I'll see you here next week on The Dark Paranormal.
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.